I like the touch of the, the lake ice on the top. Of, yeah, dude. Here. That's just that little touch clutch. there. You can check yeah. it out. Yeah, you do a good, good job with that stuff, man. Like, a lot of people complain about it being, like, weird because there's, like, color on one side and then a different color on the other, and so it'll work out differently. But You just have to be patient that with it. magic, yeah. Yeah, exactly, you do. You have to be patient yeah. and, like, let the heat sink in. Definitely. It'll all move equal once Because, like, like, honestly, working milli tubing has given me so much knowledge on how to work any tubing that maybe doesn't want to move evenly, even if the wall weight's even, just because of, like, all the different colors in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like... Yeah, I shaped out a Jerry... Ke I made a Jerry Kelly penguin, and... He had all his millies in this big bubble, and he was like, "Oh yeah, you kind of almost have to like spot heat the really thick millies so they move more." And then like, and I was like, "Oh yeah, no, I know exactly what to do." And I, he was like surprised. He was like, "Oh wow, you got that to like shape out nice yeah. and not walk out weirdly." Like, and I was like, "Yeah, man, it's it's with that stuff, it really is." But That's like, every conversation with tons of heat. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he's always so stoked that I didn't blow it, like, stretch his millies out. He's like, man, hey, but I was like, listen, dude, I'm doing, like, factory-shaped stuff. Yeah. So, like, when you send me stuff, I'll pick whatever sections you gave me and be like, oh, this one will fit perfect here so I don't have to blow it out too much. Right, So I yeah. can preserve his images. Yeah. Because anytime I do a collab, my goal is to preserve whatever the other person gave me. I'm not going yeah, to. Yeah, you want the sharpness. You don't want to stretch it. I'm not going to damage it for my shape. It. So yeah. I'm going to find a way to integrate it where it just complements yeah. it. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and you did a really good job here because you blew, you blew this out to, like, yeah. double size and, like, the millies aren't. They didn't like. They not, didn't really yeah, they didn't blow like out, them. man. Yeah. You know, it looks fucking awesome. Like, there's not much you can do when you pull down a drain, but no, um, of course still, not. Like, but even then, that looks super sick. I yeah. love that. I love that how we we went, you know, all the way for that. That's that's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad you like rocked all that crap and just got it all together. And it looks like this is all one section too. Yeah, I, I, I tried Did to a good cut job it with and that. peel it without leaving too big of a clear line, but also I yeah. didn't damage any of the seam millies. Yeah. So that way yeah. you didn't see like, oh, that, why is that one cut in half in the middle of the Right, tube? damn dude, you did a good job with that. And then also dude, you look under, like under this, this weld, like I didn't cut any of those millies either. Yeah. Through the actual, right. the bank. Yeah, dude. So. Yeah, so you you have been uh, paying a lot of attention and I'm trying learning bro. a lot from your travels with <laughs> yes. with Crunk and stuff and yeah. Just trying not to. I want I want to compliment the prep. That's it. Yeah, I want totally. it to add to the piece. I don't want it to take away from anyone's work. Yeah. So and well and that's the thing is like I, if I have like a smeared milli in there, I tend to like just trash the whole section. Like, yeah, you're like oh, I, I try to have know, every yeah. milli be crispy nice and, and crispy, you know yeah. in some way. Yeah. No, I, I like. When I was spinning that in the lathe, like, and just all the millies spinning in circles, it looked like a little blizzard. Like, yeah, yeah, like, what is yeah. Happening, it's, all like, <laughs> it's a blizzard yeah. in a flame, though. Yeah, it's yeah. Like fire surrounding a blizzard. I was like, what is happening? Well, that's like the big thing with my stuff, right? It's like it's all about, um, it's all about like the like paradox of like fire and ice. Yeah, you know what I mean, like yeah. using fire to create icy images. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like totally weird and paradoxical, and but that's that's glass, right? Like glass, yeah. like is this cold icy stuff, you know? pretty uh it's pretty interesting so yeah. are we uh are we rolling or i mean yeah kind of we just kind of cool. go with it dude we nice. keep it super chill sweet you know i'm gonna Fuck take yeah. a dab and then i'll just say like oh, hey yeah. what's up everybody welcome to the stage four and <laughs> nice. we'll roll right into it dude yeah yeah good shit um yeah i always try to get a dab in first that way people they, they see the smoke they see me cough get some excited i feel like that's my <laughs> right. excuse to do drugs now we're rolling yeah <laughs> like i i don't even want to smoke weed dude but it's part of my job like i'm forced to do drugs all day like i can't I yeah to yeah totally totally <laughs> totally yeah dude yeah. i dropped out of high school in 10th grade and even the teachers were like you're just gonna do drugs and be nothing and i'm like i'm probably gonna do one of those two things right but not the nothing part no. i don't do drugs no <laughs> yeah that's how the stoner community has like kind of Shown the world, like, nah, we're pretty functional, you know. Functional. I'm so, I'm so function functional. Is this 85? Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 85 of the podcast. Ooh, appreciate you folks coming to hang out with us today. Very special episode. We have my friend Christian Chocolate Glass here today. We're going to hang out, talk about pretty probably about everything. There might, we might talk about glass. Yeah, we might. But, but Probably but, other but everything. Everything else, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, real quick, don't forget to sign up for our uh, newsletter on bmsglass.com. That way you stay up to date with all of our drops, everything we got going on. 
Um, sign up for the Patreon if you want to be part of that group as well. And we do Twitch every night for about an hour. So if you want to join any of those groups, come hang out. Link in the bio. All right, sick. Well, that fucking fatso from Green Dot. Maybe wasn't the right choice straight off. I should have done a little, <laughs> little fruitier because I'm feeling a little dizzy. Woo. Fuck, dude. But yeah, man, I'm so stoked on how these pieces came out. Yeah. Like I, I, I yeah. when you were explaining like, like the tech over the text messages where you're like, oh, I want to do the cave ice tack to this with yeah. the ghost, and like, I went and looked at your page and I was like, hmm, I was like, how are we gonna do that with the RBRs? And I just like so stoked how it turned out. Just yeah. Because like when you're doing like components like with like recyclers and these added welds, I didn't know if it would like take away from your sculptural work and stuff like no, that. Oh so. yeah, I mean you did such a clean job with it. It just it all worked out really nicely, and I, I definitely kind of had a vision in my head of. You know your format with with yeah. my sculpting on it and, and it just came out <coughs> so clean man like yeah, the, awesome. the texture this one one thing about these pieces i wish people could like feel them in person because yeah that texture is like i don't know it's almost like us humans like we love our senses and being able to feel the way different textures and stuff feel and these pieces kind of hit that that note for me yeah I'm like, like, this yeah is, this it's is a little different. something more right like we're so used to like looking into the glass and seeing something in there and you know blind people can't appreciate that right so yeah. like these are pipes for the blind you know it's just like something you can feel something you can actually a, a textural experience you but know? what's one really cool thing about glass is the coldness of it and the way it feels in your hand with this specific texture it almost complements what you're trying to achieve with that right. with cave the ice yeah it's almost like if you were to touch like an ice cave like in you know like they have them in iceland i've been to before where they like throw yeah. them once a year and like they literally look like that and it's like this glowing blue with like all these like just chunks all taken out and yeah. the way you feel it, they have all the peaks yeah. and coldness. Feel like you get and that's that. where this came from. Like I uh, oftentimes will get on like Google images or whatever and I'll just sit there and like thumb through all these cool pictures of like Lake Baikal, which I think is in Siberia. It's just, like super beautiful lake and like, like that's where I got like the, the lake ice tech from was like seeing these this like frozen formation that was actually like curvy and wavy and I was like, oh, okay, so it does that. It's not just all like angular and cracked and stuff and um and then i you know started finding these pictures of these ice caves and like just seeing how like it had this scalloped kind of texture to mm. it and just just looked so cool and i was like how do i do that and I actually started the tech by like blowing stuff out really thin and then like going with a hand torch and like hitting it and getting one spot to come in and then getting another spot to come in and like getting it to all like recondense down and then, and what I, what I noticed was like those, and I made like a hammer with that actually, um, but sitting in my, in my shop back home. But like, you know, what I noticed with that tech was like, it was too light. It like, wasn't like substantial feeling. It didn't have like any like girth or weight to it. And it was just like, it just doesn't feel substantial. It doesn't feel like I could charge what, the, you know, the amount of effort that I'm putting mm -hmm. into it. So I actually did that for like a weekend. I was like messing around with that and just in creative mode, you know, and when I finally, I actually just like wasn't getting baked at that point. I was like on like a two or three week break. And then I was just like, I need to get high and get some perspective here. And so I got baked and, you know, smoked some good flour, some good main flour. And then like all of a sudden, like it just came to me. I was just kind of messing around in the flame or like, I, I think I was even just like sitting there and just thinking. And I was just like, oh, okay. I can approach this from the, a whole other side and use a texture tool. And then I got really excited. Yeah. And I got like, like we've, we've been talking a lot, you know, the past day and like, just like you get that excitement and that pushes the creativity, right? And it mm -hmm. like pushes this whole process of exploration. I'm gonna, you know, like we're talking about like the mining thing, like I'm gonna mine the medium for this possibility and see what it can do and push it and see what it can accomplish. And it's such a simple thing, you know, in a world where everyone's trying to like deck stuff out with millies and like make everything so crazy and just do the craziest pattern work and yeah. stuff. I kind of went the other direction and I just said like, well, maybe I'll just texture the glass, you yeah. know what I mean? And get this, the actual texture that you see on the ice cave and like, you know, and what tool do I use? And at first I was like using graphite and then I, I you know, started going to like um, these restaurant supply stores, which we've got like a ton of restaurants up in Portland, Maine, where I'm at. And so they have these restaurant supply stores and you can go in and get like all this stuff for like super cheap, like what the restaurants pay for, sure. for it. And so I got these like stainless steel spoons that like had different kind of crooks to them and stuff and started experimenting and just had so much fun. And that was right before Las Vegas 2020, which happened and then COVID happened like the next month. It was like February 2020. And then all the shit started shutting down after that. But like 
you know, it was like right then that I like introduced that tech and, was, and dropped it. And everyone was like, whoa, like this is crazy. Like doing another tech, you know, and it's just like, yeah, like I don't stop. Like I'm more on that creative side when I, you know, I think sometimes I should be more on the like produce something and get it out there. Production and, or and consistency it, thing. Keep it like consistent. That. But I always end up getting like swerved into this other direction where I'm like, oh, like I can't not do this. And I, I've, I've had this in my mind for well before, you know. This got, but it's like, how do I execute it, or when exactly. do I introduce it? When exactly. do I have the inspiration to start pursuing this new exactly. tech that I want yeah. to do? Yeah, I love that every tech that you do throughout, like your art, all kind of integrate with each other, and you'll see that on these RBRs that we're putting out. Is that like we're combining all the like different techs, like. This one is all cave ice, but this one's like lake ice with the, the cave ice. This one yeah. is lake ice with blizzard tech. Right. Like, and they all have the blizzard cab, which I think really gives it that signature look so that it's unmistakably exactly, my stuff. Yes. You know Absolutely. What I mean? yeah. That's why yesterday when we were working on these, like, we're going to do some cabs on those, bro. Because yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to make sure we had that signature style so right. that we could be like, hey, look at this. Like You're getting not only the cave ice, but you're getting some of these incredibly beautiful, precise millies yeah. that, you know, is your work that people see and go, yeah. oh, chocolate. Okay, sick. Yeah. Back Going back to you saying, like, going to the restaurant supplies and, like, finding spoons or finding that inspiration to go look for the right tool. Yeah. I think that's one of the coolest parts about our craft and probably a lot of other people that work with their hands or make stuff. Yeah. Is that the tools that maybe suppliers sell aren't always the tool that you're going to find for the job. Exactly. You find these, like, really unique hacks where you're like, oh, yeah. this fucking weird spoon or this fork is how I do this. Or, yeah. And I think that's one of the coolest things about this art form and many others mm. is that the creators, their secrets aren't always in a technique as it is sometimes is that weird tool they found or that weird yeah. thing they found at the antique store that does the job. Yeah, well, yeah. and you know, I've actually been kind of like a tiny, like 1% of my hustle has actually been making tools. Mm. So I don't know if you noticed, but like I've got that prep holder over there that's just like a block of I aluminum. Saw it, yeah. Yeah, with holes in it. And it's like this tool that like, like a buddy right, of mine right. had a similar thing that I think it was like an ammo loader or something. And I was using it and I was like, what if I got this made, but like got it made out of like a block of aluminum and like got it, you know, like kind of like to a certain size. And so it would hold a certain size um, handle and everything. Yeah. And so I called up this, um, you know, the CNC guy and had him start making these blocks and then went to melt and started getting those out. It's the same thing where it's like, this isn't available really. Like you can get prep holders and stuff, but there's nothing like that prep block. And, um, you know, like I'm actually about to make another batch of them and, um, you know, make them like sl do slight modifications again, like now with use, I've like figured out, okay, like I'm going to, I'm going to like slightly bend the hole. So all the prep actually sways toward one mm, side and that way it kind of, cause right now it's like stuff will like fall wherever it may. Is that, and that like sucks fall, sometimes like, it falls, it hits and knocks something off a handle. Yeah, exactly. Or like a, you put a hot thing in there yeah. and it's touching a cold thing. It and cracks, it's just kind of like, yeah. yeah, you don't, you don't want to have that. So like, I'm going to try to have it all like very slightly angled. So very that it good all idea. kind of sits. Yeah. You know, little thing, little improvements like that. And I was talking to, um, Shayla Windstar glass about, um, you know, doing ones for stringers where the holes are smaller mm -hmm. and you can fit like a few stringers per hole or maybe one stringer per hole and that way like it keeps your stringers nice and clean off the bench in the air yep. you know what i mean not really going to accumulate too much dust cause it's not like laying flat and so you know like little things like that that just like you know where you can leverage your creativity somewhere other than just the medium itself absolutely where you can say well you know i need a tool for my everyday and for especially when i travel and show up somewhere and i just want to have a little spot to just start putting prep as i make it and then someone can come over and grab it and it's just like hasn't been sitting on the bench it's yeah. totally clean and so yeah no it's it's really interesting how like in our like industry and in our in our hustle like we get to be like as creative as we want to be absolutely right you know and i think it I, I think it's also like really true with like with what you've been doing you know um all the kind of the amazing things you've been doing with having this podcast and having a patreon and all this stuff it's like it's really creative you yeah. know what i mean it's like thinking it's like most of us start with just like make pipes and sell them to a shop or yeah. make pipes and put them on instagram and hit people up you know what i mean or have people hit us up or whatever and like you know it goes a whole step further to see like okay there's people obviously interested in this and maybe I want to create a more curated space for that. Absolutely. Know? And I think yeah. at the end of the day, it's all what you're looking to get out of it. So for me, I know my own like 
psyche and personality and I know that I grew up out in the middle of nowhere and I long for connection with people mm. I want people around me I always wanted a sibling my age to play with you know mm. it's kind of like an only child yeah. Yeah. so like I have an older brother but he's much older than me he didn't grow up in the house with me or anything right. he's a lot older so right. for me I find what I love about glass blowing is the community that's why I do the things mm. like the twitch the the podcast but if you are someone that maybe preferred to be, you know, by yourself and just deal with shops and not have as much interaction, then just right. keep doing the shop grind and all that stuff. Right. So I'd say for me, like, it it is like what I want. So yeah. that's why I'm doing it this way. Yeah. It's, it's not so much this hundred uh, percent goal of like, oh, like I just want to keep growing my business. It's like I'm trying to find what I like that's gonna keep me happy day to day because right. our time is temporary, the days are limited. I'm like, I need to find a way to continue to try and have my best days every day. Yeah. And, I, and know yeah. my personal and how, how I act with things. And mm. I like connecting mm -hmm. with people and I want I want more friends, bro. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally, man, for real. <laughs> no, and it's it's true, like, um, I, I'm the same way, right? Like, I got, I'm out here in Colorado, I'm collabing with a bunch of people and I get so much like uh, like juice out of that. I get so much energy from it because, you know, like, I get inspired by people. I always am taking notes on what people are doing, either with the medium or with their business end of it or whatever they're doing. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. all of us have other hobbies too, you know? And yeah. like, it's really interesting to see that. And so, you know, it's it's been like, I very much, and I think that's like a thing that I'm noticing, a trend I'm noticing in my own career is that like, I really shine with collabs. Yeah. You know, like my solo works, it's cool and all. And there's, there's a lot of dedicated collectors that love my work. And I think that's amazing and I'm really grateful for that. And on, you know, again, and on top of that, like I get along with others. I get, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm pretty respectful and tend to like make sure people like aren't, you know, doing anything else or that they like have time for me and everything. And, and like this community's so good like that, right? Mm -hmm. It's like people are really welcoming and, you know, people let you, you know, let you crash at their house and stuff. Hardest like, part is getting a response. But besides yes, that, yes, you know, it's once, <laughs> once you get that response, yeah. it's on. You know? It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For so sure. It's been so really cool. On yeah. a totally different subject, this is something me as like a glass blower and a lot of people who follow me and collect my work and stuff and just collect anyone's work. They always want to know, like, what was like the thing that was like, it's excited you and got you into glass though. Were you like mm. walking into head shops and you're like, man, that's a cool pipe. I want to mm. do that. Or was it a sibling mm. or something? Like what got you into glass and yeah. how you are here after 18 question. years? Yeah. Well, I remember like, so when I first started like smoking weed when I was like 17, 16 or whatever. And like, I would like get these pipes and um, like, or, like my brother would have a pipe and he'd like give it to me or whatever. And like, I'd like sell it to my friends or like, I worked like in like a, a hardware store for a while yeah and in that hardware store i would like take all like the brass parts and like make a crappy little oh bomb. yeah and, dude like, you know take like a so b bottle like it was like so b was like oh dude i used back. to be a commercial painter yeah you yeah know? yeah <laughs> right so like you know that it was it was so crazy i like that so -B bottle do you make so anymore bro i think i think they do <laughs> but i don't know like probably not and like it's so funny how like those bottles were perfect because the cap you could put one hole for the down stem and then another hole so fat. for the, for the, yeah. yeah, exactly. And like, I would like grommet them out and then I'd make these and I'd literally just sell people the cap <coughs> and the bottle was like, go to 7-Eleven and buy a Sobe bottle. That's and, why they went out of and business. Chug it down. Ian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Drinking Sobe and doing right, weed, bro. Right. <laughs> so like, that was like a first kind of like, like the kind of like what you do is like the engineering of it, you mm -hmm. know, and like the, like, how do you like make a bong, you know? And then like, with glass, like I got into it actually, like in uh, my senior year of college, I was finishing up my psych degree um, and I, I was doing a bio minor and I was actually really ahead on everything. So I had all this time and I didn't really want to like, you know, I was working in a lab and that was cool. But then I was just like, man, research is like brutal. Like it's like, you have to be like so meticulous and so crazy to do research, like to do it properly and get published and all that stuff. And, yeah. That's that's the kind of lab I was working. At. I was working in somebody who was published, and they had a lab and had all this funding, and we were doing research on spiders. Actually, and it was really cool. But I just kind of like was like, I, I don't really know if like this is going to be the career path for me. And so I met this dude who was like just happened to be blowing glass behind my house in this shack, and he sh like showed it to me, and I was just kind of like like it was actually the landlord's son. So the landlord lived in this crazy shack behind this house that me and like my like five other bros lived in and we all we were all in a metal band together yeah. so we played it, in dude. yeah we played in this metal band i play drums and um i still play drums and like we were just like basically bringing the whole neighborhood down right like just like yeah making so much noise like no one wanted to yeah. live there and like it was just it was just hilarious and like 
we'd you know we'd have all these we'd have like shows and stuff we'd have other bands come and play and stuff and just have a blast for and, sure you know, I was in bands and stuff for a while. Like hard, I played bass and stuff. I'm like hard. Oh bands yeah, and shit. yeah, 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 yeah. So like you know, and that's the just like a wild. So yeah, it's super energy and it's just like a wild time. And so like uh, I was doing that, and then I was like finishing up with, with school, and like this this guy in the backyard, this like hippie dude, and I was always like kind of like a metal hippie, right? So I was like yeah. like love smoking weed and like love metal music, but also loved like all sorts of like like Led Zeppelin and mm -hmm. like Pink Floyd and like all that shit, and like so like it was just really interesting you know this dude was like in the back making pendants and just messing around and he had learned from a guy in hawaii and he was just like getting into it he was like two years in you mm -hmm. know and so he showed me how to do like little pendants and little stuff like that and I, I just thought like my whole thing was like i know how to learn something like i had i had already been playing drums for 10 years at that point when i was 21 and i was like i know how to get good at something i know the steps i know that you basically have to expose yourself to a lot you know, that's the first move. You have to like practice, you know, yeah. and you have to keep practicing. And it's just kind of like, I, I knew that if I did that, I would get proficiency. Exactly, you had the infrastructure you had, like, right. in your mind of like how to do something, a task, yeah. you're good at it. Yeah, like, exactly. That one looks pretty fucking cool. Yeah, and so that was the challenge at first. Like that's that was like the, the emotional like excitement of, of it was like, oh, if I can get this down and like learn this, there's some cool stuff I can make with this mm -hmm. and like, you know, you get really inspired, especially when it wasn't like, even a money thing. You're like things no. I couldn't make. No, like, yeah, money it was is just, just a side effect of your obsession right. with making your art. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It was just all about like what kind of cool stuff can I make with this, and like who does this? Like this is crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hell like, yeah, who dude. does this? And so that's how I got into it, and that and and it came. It definitely made sense because I had been building bongs when I was sixteen, yeah. and for you sure, know, it made you already sense had that to, kind of like interest in it. Now, yeah. um, one question I like I've been trying to ask other glass blowers because it's kind of insightful for me mm -hmm. because I feel like it's a lot of thing like collectors and people maybe don't get to hear so often. Like, what's one thing that you would say is the most challenging part about either running your business or being a glass blower that maybe collectors don't understand or appreciate what how challenging it is for you to do? Whether it be um, just media to or, just to like to keep it up, yeah. right? Like, I think that's the most challenging thing because keeping it up isn't just necessarily making the same work every day it's it's actually like for me at least keeping it up is like giving people different things to look at and, and be interested in keeping mm. up with some trends um obviously like you know it's like a give and take right like sometimes it balance like four or five different plates though yeah oh that. yeah and like and, keeping up. and with trends especially it's like do i care about this trend does is this me mm -hmm. or is this something that just like it's hot right now that like I don't really care for and so why mess with it you exactly, know and like yeah. and that's and I, I learned that from like you know people like Sherb who like you know would would just like I'd be like oh like you should rock the pencils out this way and he'd be like I'm just gonna like do it my way and I'd be mm. like okay cool like you know I think you're gonna find that like the way I'm telling you is better and then he just did his thing <laughs> exactly. and like crushed it and I and I kind of like took notes and I was like oh yeah you know what like you can just do it your There's way. All different paths you don't to have to. Yeah, you don't have to follow this. Like, and I was very much in like a craft. Like, I did craft shows for years once I got into glass, mm -hmm. and that was that was a crazy hustle. And what I really appreciate about the hustle now is the fact that like collectors get it. Collectors see the techniques and they're like they understand what you're actually doing yeah. because they go to people's shops and they watch people blow glass and shit mm -hmm. and like, you know. So, but I, I will say that like keeping kind of in pace with how the industry is moving. It's a really fast moving industry, yeah. right? So it's like, that's like a big part of it is like keeping up to pace with trends, keeping up to pace with just like your own business and like where you want to get to go and like making conscious decisions about that Absolutely. versus just like you find yourself five years later and you're like making the same thing or whatever. And it's kind of like, okay, well, how am I like, how am I doing something that's interesting? Cause like it's not, and, and for me, it's much more about like, kind of impressing my peers and like mm -hmm. having my peers just be like oh that's cool interesting like good good approach you know yeah. and and i think that that will filter down to you know the collectors appreciating it, it as well it does you know but and so i'm very much on the like you know like another struggle with it is like just staying engaged with the medium itself but mm -hmm. i think that is less of a struggle than then just being consistent with how fast everything's moving. Like yeah, constantly getting exactly. Orders, constantly posting. Yeah, constantly so posting, not like, falling off IG, exactly. you know, like making sure you've got and like giving people something interesting to look at that isn't necessarily, 
you know. You don't want um, to generically post every day. It has to be like, right. you want to post something where it's like every day it's like a new, like, whoa, that's interesting. And you want to share your own excitement. So yeah. that's like a big thing for me is like, when I post, it tends to be because I'm excited about what I'm exactly. posting. Not that I just feel like I have to post this thing. Yeah. It's just like, oh no, yeah, I love this collab I made. I love, you know, this project I did. I love this solo piece I made. And like, that's exciting to me. And, and here's where you can find it. And you know, it's like, that's been really interesting. And I think also like, the really, like, I think, you know, something that collectors don't always see is just like, yeah, the, the day-to-day of it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of what we've been saying this whole time is like the, the day-to-day hustle of like making sure that like you personally are taken care of, yeah. right? And that your mental health is taken care of and that, and like, that's like a big thing for me. It's, it's I'm different from a lot of people because like I do these big tolerance breaks where mm-hmm. I like will not smoke anything for like weeks, even months at a time. Mm-hmm. And then when I come back to it, it tends to be on like a spiritual type of like, I'm just going to smoke this one time and like get some crazy perspective and then not for another week or two oh, weeks. Yeah, dude. It's, you know? it's a it's tool. Really interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the same time, like yeah. that, that's how I see cannabis and stuff too, is it is, it is a, it's a beneficial tool that like, yeah. I don't always need, but I know that like in my current, where I'm currently at my life, where I'm at with what yeah. I'm dealing with, this is a great tool for me yeah. to continue to be reliable responsible and it sounds crazy saying that about no it's true yeah because i watch my own ego and if i'm not smoking i can start thinking i'm cool i start thinking that i know what i'm talking about (laughs) yeah i start thinking i'm right and then when all that starts happening things start going wrong right it's when i'm the cannabis gets you to think exactly i critique myself or i'll watch a video of myself and be like you look like an asshole why do you look like an asshole (laughs) what are you doing like right you know so i like i critique myself and i find it that's like a it's a slippery slope. Some people can fall into a pit of depression or anxiety because they're over critiquing themselves. Yes, yes. But it also but it's also healthy. It's also healthy yeah. to like reflect on yourself and be like, how am I interacting with the people around me? Am I a good person? Am yeah, I being kind? Yeah, like, yeah. Or am I just delusional and think I'm the best? Right. You know, right. whatever. Yeah. Um, and kind of checking the energy, right? Of like, exactly. what kind of energy am I putting out here? Am I showing my excitement for what I'm doing? And if I'm not, maybe I should get more excited about it, or maybe I should. Maybe it's creative time to like reinvent some stuff to get excited about. This is actually one of my questions too, is like, and you might've just answered it right there. Is there something like a hack or a trick uses to stay like motivated or like kind of like, okay. So there's, so we were kind of talking about it earlier. I mean, we've been talking a lot. Yeah. We we already did like five podcasts. (laughs) Unfilmed podcasts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the the thing that I've really, um, especially at, at like, at like kind of the point in my life I'm getting to is like, that like, it's not enough to um, like, it would be exciting to like, be like, okay, I've got this new thing and I'm going to collab it out with a bunch of people and I'm going to drop a lot of solo work and like, I'm going to like make make all this money and then I'm going to like, you know, you know, use that to like then buy a lathe or like buy a kiln and like that at one point was a big motivation, Mm -hmm. right? Now it's all about emotion to me and it's all about, it's it's about not doing what's logical. You know, what's logical is to like, stick with this or that a technique and just like stay in my lane and like pump out as many as I can and like get money, you know? And it's just like, it's like, that's logical, but like, a, like the collectors are not going to really be into that because they, they can, they can sniff it out. They can see when you're just like in your money grab kind of place, or if you're like really engaged and you're excited to be doing what you're doing. And so for me, it's about keeping excitement up and like passion there. And so, and so the, the, the hack itself, right. Is to listen. Mm -hmm. And so, what I've been doing is I've been listening to myself and literally just been like, am I into this? Am I not into this? Am I excited for this? If I'm not, don't do it. Right. This is exactly what we've been talking yeah, about. And like, like, yeah. And that's why like, I've been, I've been really fond of like this clear blizzard tech. Cause it's a little different yeah. than the blizzard tech I've been doing for the past couple of years. And it's real fresh. Dude, when that milks and, up with smoke. And when it milks <laughs> up, it's so dope. Exactly. And like, what's interesting too, is like, it is almost going into a simpler place versus like, you know, the original OG Blizzard tech is like really worked out now where like I have a layer of clear over a layer of Stardust over a layer of heavy blue Stardust, which mm-hmm. gives it this crazy Death. bling. Yeah. Yeah. And like you see the sparkles and it's like, it looks like when you're on like a fresh field of snow and you see the glisten, Glim, you know? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it's just like, that's like what I'm all about. And, and so, and so like to do this was like, oh, well you're, you're kind of dumbing it down and you're making it simpler, but it's yeah. like, but that doesn't matter when you're excited. Exactly. Right. And so like I listened to myself and I was like, I'm excited to do this. Yeah. And I'm excited to rage out the clear blizzard tech a lot more and give people just a slightly different thing to collect. And what's funny is like so many collectors are like, 
oh, the clear blizzard tech's so sweet. And like, and it's like, yeah, like they're not going to complain and be like, oh, well, you just took off the bottom layer and now it's even simpler and now it's this thing or whatever. And it's like, no, it's it's actually like even like fresher in a way. Yeah. And and like and the, and the fact that you get the smoke kind of component, the functional component with it, you yeah. know, of, of that happening, like that actually makes it even more exciting. And so it's and it's just a different thing from the OG Blizzard tech. And Definitely. so, you know, that's like an example of where like I switched it up. I went more in that direction. And it's the direction I want to keep going because it makes me excited to sit and snap millies. And Definitely. also with that, getting better and better and better and better at snapping millies has put me in this place where like just try and compete with that. Like just yeah. try and like because like for so many years it was like snap a million on. Oh, it doesn't go on right. Okay, now I got to remove that. Okay, now I'm back to where I was like two minutes ago. Okay, snap a million. Okay, that one went on right. Every okay. million you put on to the next one. Snap a million. And every one of these millies is me taking a few breaths in my life yep. and spending time in my life to to make these these beautiful things. And like that's what we're all doing, right? Each yeah. of these pieces is like a piece of a day we lived and oh, I, know, I, they're physical representations us of time that's yeah, what I call them so yeah. like, when you own this piece you own this much of my time in my life yeah exactly like, this, exactly. It, I could have been doing anything but I was doing this and you well, own that time exactly like, and you made that decision and, yeah. that, and that's what that's kind of like that that whole hack is like what helps me make the decisions is to listen to my to my state and like to like not and like I used to be so logical I used to be so like and like my work is very like kind of like lot like ice ice cold logic, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? It's just like keep it keep it logical and unemotional, right? Ice cold, you know. But like at the same time, it's like as an artist, like that's silly because it's like you have to engage with emotion to want to do the, to get you up in the morning, right? Like what's going to get you up in the morning? For I think the majority of people, it's not a logical reason. It's mm. an emotional reason. It's you've got people to take care of. It's you know, you've got a, a mission that you're fighting for in life. You've got, you know, a small battle you're fighting where, you know, you're trying to work for what's good or, you Definitely. know, you're, you're trying to help a group of people that aren't getting help or, you know, you're trying to help people in your family or, you know, you're, you're trying to put out something beautiful to the world that people will appreciate yeah. and will create value and add value, you know. And so that's that's been the big thing is like listening to myself and not just going on auto mode because mm -hmm. auto mode can can just kind of lead you down to a place where all of a sudden you find yourself. You forget why you're doing it in the first yeah, place. Yeah, and you're like, why am Do I, I even like You like literally wake up yeah. one day and you're like, why am I doing this? And like, yeah. and so it's been really refreshing to like follow that path. And, I, you know, I get a lot of people in my ear who are just like, oh, like, why don't you do this? And like, why don't you make, like, why aren't you making recyclers right now? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, because I'm like a pattern dude. And like, Definitely. there's a gazillion people I'm making recyclers with, which are way nicer than a recycler I could exactly make. And my I tech is way nicer than what, what they are working on because they're working on recyclers. And we're there's only 24 hours in a day. Yeah. Each of us ha only have so much time. That's why this is awesome. It's like collectively we have to come together. I have people ask me, yeah. why don't you do more Fumar VRs? I was like, because I'm not good at Fumar. My friend Gonzo crushes. Right, like, right. You want a Fumar VR? Let me get you one. Like, yeah, that's, exactly. That's where I'm at. Like, my time is so limited and that's part of my anxiety as a glass blower is I have all these ideas and I have so much I want to do and so much I want to offer and I get yeah. anxiety that I won't be able to get it all done. Yeah. So I work absurd hours and I'm just trying to get right. all this shit and out. And this is what this is, is this is special ops. Yeah. Semicolon or colon headies, you know, headies, yeah. it's special ops. So it's like each of us is a specialist. Like exactly. when I, when I collabed with uh Windstar and Hickdog on like a couple different pieces, like incredible pieces. Windstar, you guys thank you. Thank yeah. you, man. Um, you know, Windstar acted as the storyteller, her flips, were like a scene to hold the whole story. Mm -hmm. I was the aesthetic director. I was like, this is all going to be snowy and icy. We're going to put the white here and the blue here and this tech here and that tech. And I'm going to throw some millies in with your scenery so that we tell more of a, a cold story, you know? And it's like, it's like setting a, It's like doing a setting. It's like how a lot of electronic music is almost like a setting for mm -hmm. someone to like sing over and tell a story, Yeah, you know? And so, and then Hick Dog acted as like the general or like the leader yeah. of the whole kind of, um, you know the whole operation yeah, right yeah. the special ops and yeah, he's, that is, that he's like in the badass. comm tower being like okay you guys like go up 50 yards and like <laughs> get, do some scouting you know what i mean like yeah. he was he was literally like doing all the assembly and like had the the whole vision for how it all came together and so we each were able to like get off each other's toes and look, be like okay i know my role here that's right awesome and that and that's what you're talking about there's like, nothing more powerful than that feeling of like working with other people and like having like like this like cohesive like it's just working together. and like yeah. you're not, you don't have to explain anything we're all just kind of clicking yeah it's like, why? yeah it's like yeah i didn't even have to tell you like 
Like you made this thing like, as cleanly <laughs> as possible because you have experience working yeah. with crunk stuff. You know, you're you you know Millie, and so yeah. like when you put this together, I, I you you were just like, oh, I'll just grab up all this crap you made, and I was just like, okay, <laughs> like this is what you need, and you're like, yeah. this is perfect. And yeah, I'll make it like, work, dude. Okay, shit, like damn, and like and you did it, and it was like a thing where like I trusted it because I was just like. Yeah, like this guy knows how to put a piece together. You <laughs> yeah, because I grabbed like yeah. all the finished Billy sections. I was like, I'll just stick them all yeah, together. Yeah, no, it's, it okay. came out great. Yeah, and it's, it kind of worked out perfectly. We didn't even have to like, like, and I, I kind of knew to show up with yeah. something that could be a good mouthpiece, something Definitely. that could be a good drain, something that could work for a can size. And then, and, and so like, you know, we're all in this kind of format of knowing how pipes get made and the proportions pipes get made too, generally. And like, um, oh, it's dude. just, it's so like, it's special ops shit, man. And it's I don't so know if it cool. seems like much to you. Cause like you do a lot of collabs. I don't do a ton of them, especially not in person. Yeah. But for me, this has been the like chillest, like usually I have this, it's, I'm much more intense usually when I work with people. Yeah. Like I'm very like, like I would probably have gotten even more done yesterday. Like, but it was just so nice and chill. Yeah, like, I was yeah, still productive, yeah. but yeah. I was, I was like enjoying myself too. I didn't feel so right. much pressure. Which yeah. was different, and I, I just I've been really enjoying this. Oh, I'm glad. Experience likewise, specifically. man. Like likewise, it's been really, really chill working in here. It didn't, it didn't feel like you were like breathing down my neck, being like, "So, uh, what's up with those sections?" Or yeah. like whatever. Oh God, know? no, dude. It was really chill, <laughs> and I think that's because you know, like we, we're just. I think it's like you get to a point in your career where you're like, you're like not like, oh, like I'm stressed out about this. Is this gonna yeah, work? Yeah. You're just kind of like tomorrow's gonna be there yep absolutely it's dude. gonna happen like we're we're in a good place we're, we're there's no nuclear war happening like yeah yeah for like, sure chilling and like <laughs> these are gonna get made if something happens something happens and then we just keep going and I, well trucking, i know, you know i know i'm gonna work hard the next day so yeah. i never get too hung up if i fucked up the day before because yeah. i'm not relying on that one day yeah i know that i have faith in myself that i'm gonna keep on grinding yeah exactly All right, um uh, a, sep a separate question uh -huh. um that's kind of like a totally different subject do you remember or if or a turning point or like a specific event that maybe was like this is happening i'm a i'm fucking blowing glass like this is my career like do you remember yeah. like maybe an event, a show or something that hmm. like was the turning point or has it been one consistent kind of uphill i think it's been you know what's funny is um and and this this really relates to it, is like i don't think i have star power mm. right like i'm not that cool like yeah. i'm just i'm just me it's like we were joking about that yesterday yeah, it's sure. like i don't have time to be cool yeah you know? like, i'm just like doing my shit yeah um and it's like this thing where it's like um, knowing that I'm not trying to be a rock star and I'm not trying to be like, this is when I blow up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's much more like, it's actually what I call staying power. Mm -hmm. So like people have, people have different energies. Some people have that blow up shit, but then a lot of times five years later, you're like, well, what happened to that? What happened dude? to that guy? Where, yeah. where are they? They'll you know? crash as fast as they climb. Yeah, exactly. And so like what I've kind of counted my blessings on has been like this whole thing of just like realizing that like I've got you know, my energy is much more of like a consistent, slow, steady mm -hmm. crush. Basically, I'm, it's like a glacier. That's where I'm at, right? Dude. It's just yeah, like, it's like a glacier, glacier just like that, yeah. moves <laughs> and it just doesn't relent, exactly. you know? And it's like, oh yeah, you think I'm gonna be gone? Like, I'm not going anywhere, I'm sticking around. That's my whole mantra, dude. It, and know? like, I always told my wife, I was like, you know what, I might not be the most talented or the most skilled, but you know what, I'm dumb enough to keep running. And at yep. the end of the day, like, when the rest of the herd's gonna be tired, I'm gonna keep on running. Yeah, And exactly. I'll eventually be in a position. Fucking Forrest Gump yep. out here, yeah, man, dude. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, straight up, just like, you just keep going and you're just, and you have your own reasons for that. Whereas, Definitely. you know, like it, it's, it's been really interesting hanging out with you here. Cause like you've had a good perspective on how, like, you're like, you know, all these people are like trying to be cool. And like, mm -hmm. there's so many people who are trying to like be the next whatever artist who's like the cool kid on the block. And it's just like, that has its value and that's, that's cool. But you know, what's also like super cool is just like making a beautiful piece of glass mm -hmm. and making a really nice thing and it not being about this person it being about the medium exactly right just and like the medium, that's my it. my whole thing is about that like the whole thing about ice is well, like, that translates to me yeah <laughs> yeah it's about the glass is a beautiful medium and like you can't do this with like another type of ceramic material like yeah glass is like the the like transparent ceramic out there that and it's considered a ceramic right it's like yeah. it's like in that kind of you know um that that dome of like of like you know ceramics and clays and and glazes and, and glasses and all that kind of stuff. And so it's like, it's like, and what's really interesting about it too is like, like learning about all this mineral stuff we've been talking about and how I've been heavy into mineral collecting. I've learned that it's actually a, a more uh, like a less dense ceramic and it's like borosilicate 
yeah. um, in particular is like a, a very, it's like less dense. It's got like, like I work with a guy who does neon and like he'll do neon bends and he can't use Boro because it'll have holes in it that you can't even see. See, yeah. Yeah, that like you have to go back and like work it and make sure everything kind of like does its thing and closes up. And yeah. You can't even see where it's leaking because it's just a less dense medium mm -hmm. and and which makes it nice so that like when you heat it up, there's less material getting heated up and there's less material to, you exactly. know, to stress yeah. against each other. And that's why you can heat this stuff up like, like that. You could boil water in it and it won't crack. And it's crazy. Yeah, man, I wonder so, if in yeah. like, with like, speaking of like minerals and like that type of stuff, I mm -hmm. wonder if like, cause you know, minerals take millions, hundreds of thousands of years to form, stuff like that. Sometimes, I, sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes they're quick. Yeah. I wonder like, with all this like borosilicate material, I feel like over the last like ten years, ten years, there's probably been a boost in like borosilicate waste just from the amount of yes. glass blowers. Yes. And I wonder like, in North America, maybe three, four thousand years from now, if archaeologists are going to see a big boom in this specific mineral or borosilicate. Oh popping yeah. Up, and they're like, why is there so much borosilicate here right, right now? Right, right. In like, like in like landfills and yeah. stuff, they're going to probably find that like as it gets churned over, especially by the earth, you know, if like in thousands of years, some alien or some proto-human yeah. like like finds this shit, you know, it will it have, will it have interacted a with like hydrothermal deposits mm -hmm. and, and fluids and stuff to create, to like create almost a matrix for other minerals to grow on? Or will it be this like new type of glass exactly. that like has like undergone all sorts of transformations? That's why and, like, we're know, making that's... like future artifacts. Every time we make oh, yeah. a piece, it's a future artifact. That's why I love oh, collecting yeah. marbles and stuff like that from glass blowers because like you could drop a marble in the sand and lose it for the rest of your life, and then mm. someone could find it in like a thousand years mm -hmm. and be like, "How the fuck did they make this? We we could lose this technology in yeah. a thousand years." Oh yeah, if, totally. I mean, if, yeah. if cataclysm event happens and shit, whatever, we could like if everyone that knew how to make cell phones died right now, we would mean you couldn't go make a cell phone, dude. And like, and what's crazy about it is like I challenge someone to you know I mean I'm sure there's plenty of artists who are skilled enough to do a form of blizzard tech, but it's just like I've spent so much time sticking and snapping and sticking and snapping that it's like. It's worth it for me to do yeah. now. When I was first doing it, it was just like it was just like so took so long because so many screw ups. Like yeah, yeah. the snaps would either it would snap like this big huge chunk of milli on the thing, and then I'd have to remove all of that, or it would snap a sliver and just only half of the milli, and then you just see half of it. Yeah, it's it not like like, like oh. the image isn't the right density on both sides. Or yeah, exactly. Like or once you lens it, it like like it's too thick, and so it like smears. So much margin for error. Oh, so much. People don't and, even realize. And that's the thing is like it's the type of thing where it's like if I if something happens to me. I don't know if this dies with me, you exactly, know what I mean? Yeah. And like, it's a kind of thing where it's like, and that's true of like so many people in the industry where it's like, you're doing something that, and like, for instance, like, yeah, if something happened to you, like there are people who can make an RBR, but yeah. at the same time, they're, what they're doing is they're taking the, the thing yeah. that you invented. Well, they're interpreting you know? how they think it might hits. They don't exactly. own one Right. So that's, right. that's the thing too. Yeah. And I, it's interesting. Um, onto my nerd shit here real quick. Cause it's like, yeah. I do one thing real quick. So yeah. talking about mines, do you know anything about the mines that are like around the great lakes, the old copper mines that are about 5,000. Oh yeah. Old? There's Ku the Kuwina mines, I think. Um, Kuwina. And, and then it's like, there's like, they're like, the largest. there's like a bunch of them. They're the biggest copper deposits in North America, I think. And, uh, so Michigan copper is like a really highly collected yeah. thing in the mineral kind of collecting hobby. And, and um, it's really interesting. Uh, I got I've gotten a couple of little samples in my collection, but I, you know I'm not too hot on it. I like the history of it though because yeah, there's, the history there's, is there's so mysterious cool. stuff. About so yeah, it. so I was actually in that book I was telling you about earlier, Gem and Crystal Treasures, where they go they have you know go through a hundred different mines and they talk about all the material that comes out in the history. They were talking about these Michigan copper mines, yeah, or these, these how big they are. Great Lake copper and mines, and how millions deep they of go tons and, were taken out of there. Yes, and and, and how they amount. found old tools, like old, rocks, like, just like stuck to a stick, yeah. like old artifacts, five thousand like people, years old. right? Yeah. Who who mined here, mm -hmm. right? Mined at these Great Lake mines thousands of years ago, yeah. and, they, and they don't know anything about these people. They don't know of it, but it's it's very mysterious. Have yeah. you heard this theory though about the Bronze Age? No. This is super interesting. Okay. So there is uh, stories and little bits of history yeah. of possibly, because they don't know where all the bronze came from over for the Sumerians, for the uh, like all these like different cultures over in like the Middle East and the cradle yeah. of uh, um, what, what do they call that area? I don't know. Came fertile, whatever. I can't remember yeah. what it's called right now. But um, they were, this whole like theory of they believe that possibly the copper that fueled the Bronze Age yeah. came from these mines, and that's why there was oh, so much. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! And there's, totally. there's a lost part of history where there was, there, 
the seafaring people, which the Phoenicians, might it might have been them, mm -hmm. but someone may have came, come over here because uh, Native Americans in those areas have stories of these people coming here right. and taking like these strange looking people and like some people believe it was viking some people was this but yeah we're talking five thousand plus years ago some of these stories are super old wow so this could have been like ancient cultures coming from you know yeah like from europe or yeah. the middle east come here right. harvesting these copper how would they have known all that copper was there yeah yeah you know what i yeah, mean so that's that's interesting that ties into this whole thing yeah. about the whole world used to actually be a lot more like cultures were a lot more connected. They knew about each other. Right. They weren't so disconnected as we thought. That's why you see the pyramids that are similar around the world, similar architecture around the world. Yes. Like people yes. were more connected. We just assumed right. they weren't. We we belittle them. Well, and, and, we, and, and I think it what you're talking about is how, how we like know enough to know that we don't know anything. So exactly. Like, so like we know about like, uh, we have all these bits and pieces of history. And then what happens is like, you know, you you then uncover another thing, and then that changes mm -hmm. the story, and then you uncover another thing, and like they just discovered something very recently that showed that there were human that you know there were people who lived on, on in North America like well before the, oh, what yeah. we first thought, and so the th it's like all this we have to go place. on camels, wolves, and horses come from here. They yeah. migrated over. Right. the other side of the world. Right, like, right. Camels are from America. Like, and oftentimes through human means. And, and, exactly. and it's really Never interesting. Never horses back here. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's so crazy how like, um, you know, like the, the the more these stories develop, the we, we're getting a higher and higher resolution picture. But that, that picture is still only... It's always going to be warped. You know, yeah, it's like such, still such a low resolution picture of what actually happened. And, and so it is it's really interesting and, and and what's really cool is yeah the history of mining tells us a lot about human technology because it's what all of our technology they is can based also on test things that's back right. to that theory that was one thing i forgot to say they've tested bronze age stuff from right. that age and right. they're finding markers going this is from Michigan area, mm. like the copper mm -hmm. in this. Yeah, the, the the um the composition, the composition. Right. So they're starting to right. find tells you the that it's distinctly from Michigan. They're like, yeah. we can tell where this copper came from. Right. So why are we finding copper over on the other side of the planet from the Bronze Age? Mm. And because they didn't know what it's wild because they they use so much copper during the Bronze Age, and they're like, where the yeah. fuck are these copper mines? Right over right. here. There's no copper over here. Right, right. Like, where's yeah. all the copper yeah. coming from to fuel this whole fucking Bronze Age? Right, right. Exactly. So it had to come from somewhere. Right. And so they believe that somehow... And there's it, evidence that those mines were mined, mined way back. 5,500 yeah. years ago. We're yeah. talking Sumerian times, these right. were mined. Yeah. Like Bronze Age specifically. Yeah. And the, the equipment they find on there, the type of things and tools they find is that age. Right. So it's just... I feel like there's a lot of history in our world that we don't even realize. It's like a about. big mystery, yeah, and that's and it's but it, point, it points to the fact that there must have been more migration than we understood, or more movement of people. Definitely, and, and goods, also to the sea levels know. were lower. The oceans weren't as vast. There right. was more land. The, the right. planet is constantly changing. Like yeah. we assume we know everything that's happened before us, but honestly, we don't even remember don't. shit that happened 20, 30 years ago. Right. Yeah. So when humans forget really easy, it's in our nature. It's why yeah. we're able to have more than one child. Yeah. If we remembered every detail of our first child, we wouldn't want to have another one. Like, it's terrifying, <laughs> right. but yeah. you forget how painful it was. You forget how scary it yeah. was. Yeah. And then it happens all again. Right. But it's, yeah, dude, like... It's interesting, yeah. man. Yeah, no, and, and like, that's like a big thing that got me so into the whole mineral thing was realizing like, I play with minerals all day. Like, I'm blowing glass, it's like 90% silica, and that's actually like what's really crazy is when you learn all about it you learn that we're sitting on a giant bubble of glass that's like these segments that are like moving over and under each other but they're actually very thin like sheets of glass wow so the earth's crust is, is like 90 percent silica you can look this up and it blew my mind when i realized this because i was like oh I thought it was just like rock and dirt and this and that. Yeah. But like, what is that? Jesus that's all mess. like, that's all like crushed up silica, yeah. like like the sand on a beach. Most of it is silica. Mm -hmm. And what is that? That's uh, it's pretty much quartz. It's like silica oxide. And so yeah. it's like, it's basically like all this quartz. Of course, is like the most abundant mineral. And that's because of when it, when magma cools, the last thing it creates is so quartz. Tesla built his lab in Colorado Springs. We have the most quartz content in the soil here. It's very similar to the Giza Plateau. So Ooh, he, he built his, uh, his original Tesla Tower lab is only about, a, his secret lab is about a mile from here. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. My goal yeah. is to eventually buy that's this old some, secret lab property and put some, studios there. But. Yeah, that's some <laughs> mad scientist shit, yeah, you right. know? And like, and that's the thing is like, you start to realize that and then you realize like there's the core of the earth which is super hot and then there's the cold of space and that like the reason that it's that ball of glass there is because like that the glass is lighter than all the heavier elements mm -hmm. so they naturally like separate out 
and then you get all this like silica on the surface. Oh, friction and, and we're just like sitting on a here. giant glass bubble. That's crazy. And it's because the Earth's crust is only like 25 miles and the Earth goes down like 4,000 miles or something. Yeah. So it's, it's actually like so thin, but it's just like this thin, it's like all the glass like of glass precipitated. Around a core, just, yeah, yeah, around a molten core. And then the coldness of space keeping like that, that crust. Skin, hot, like that skin, skin like cool. And it's yeah. like the skin Dude, on like, like a bubble. Blowing. It's like glass What the blowing, fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty funny, man. That's so, so interesting. That's why the mineral thing is like so like cool to me at this point in my life because like, I kind of like got to a place where I wanted more intellectual hobbies and like just wanted to like learn more about what the hell what the hell we're sitting on. You dude, know? it makes you appreciate your craft and everything. It, oh it, it, yeah, it adds, dude. it adds so much yeah. to it. Because like this is not just a collab between me and you. This yeah. is a collab between me, you, and like our parents, right? Yeah. And then all of the ancestors that came before, and then Fucking all the people nature, who bro. have been, yeah, anyone who's contributed to glass technology. Yeah. Th this is their work too, right? Exactly. So it's like so crazy that like, like I didn't develop Star White and I use Star White in a ton of my Snowflake Millies. I didn't develop any of these other colors. Like I didn't invent a doer bubbler or a recycler. Right. Just stuck them together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, and exactly. And that, and that, that created something new. And there is yeah. the idea that like, there really isn't anything original that like creativity is very much the idea of like being able to take what there is and piece it together in a creative way. In now a that's a life hack way. for younger glass floors or any creator that may be getting yeah. overwhelmed that someone's copying their stuff or making something really similar yep. is that's a little like way you can talk yourself out of those emotions and get out of right. the ego for a little bit, even though it does suck regardless. Yeah. But you have to find a way to get out of that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you have to realize that like every, even your like biggest glass hero, they like copied someone <laughs> at some point when they were first starting out. <laughs> They copied what someone was doing because they didn't 100%. know anything else to do, right? That's it. And that's it. And it's just like you see the same thing in stand-up comedians. They'll sound exactly like someone else, and you're like, and then they oh, find their style. That person. Right? Yeah. Um, what is like one like a, a piece of advice you'd give to like a beginner glass blower when they're starting out, like to like make it as far as they can in this industry within their own like, like yeah. Thing. So I would say like don't think about the industry. Think about like your relationship to glass and okay. think about things that like interest you that you'd love to do with glass and like what again emotion like the cool thing about being a beginner glass blower is like there's so much excitement and that's emotional yeah and that drives you try everything that drives this, you yeah. to get up at eight in the morning or yeah. four in the morning or whatever and work all day because like you're pumped that you get to work with this medium and like that fades as you right as you progress yeah. and it becomes just glass you know like you know, now I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, oh, it's just, you know, it's glass. You know, I'm, I've handled it. I've gotten it stuck in my fingers a gazillion yeah. times. I've, you know, just like been in the medium for so long, you know, 18 years now. And it's like, but that's the thing is when you, that's why I'm always so jealous of beginners because yeah. I'm like, oh, you get to look at this in a fresh, with a fresh set of Definitely. eyes. And at a time when people are doing crazy stuff with it and you still, you still can build on that. Like, like, I think it is a little overwhelming because people see all the stuff being done and they think like, oh, it's all been done. Like, I can't do anything more. It's like, no, no. Yeah. There's still so much more to do, so much more to uh, to explore. And that's why I say like, don't think about like the industry. Think about the medium. Like, glass is really cool. And you're, and obviously, you know, you're getting into this if you're, you know, young or even if you're starting glass blowing at 40, whatever, it's something new to you. Yes. And because it's something new to you. I have a friend that got into it at 42 and that's what he does. Yeah, exactly. Like I've my, seen a lot of that. Like he yeah. was my jujitsu instructor and then oh, cool. he like, like we met each other and he was like, oh, you blow glass on floor, hang out. And they saw that and they started doing that set up in yeah. his garage. And like he yeah. started it and he's, he's fucking, he's doing it still. He's been doing it for a few years now. Yeah. My, my answer is actually very similar to yours. I always tell like people that reach out to me like for that type of advice. I'm like, you know, I tell them to keep your expectations low. Yeah. But find something that you can obsess over with. Find something you really love in it. Because right. at the end of the day, yeah. if you're hating what you're doing and you're not and you're just doing it for like money or something, it's not gonna work. Yeah, no. You exactly. actually have to be obsessed. There has to be the positive money has to be emotion. the side effect. Right. The money right. has to be the side effect. It can't yeah. be the goal. Exactly. Like yeah. so like when you're being creative, you have to be obsessed with what you're trying to create, not the goal of selling it. If you want to if your goal if that's the only goal, then you're gonna have a higher probability of it breaking. Yeah. I've been there before. Yeah. I've been struggling for money and I'm like, I gotta finish this piece. I gotta pay my bills. And then that piece always breaks because I'm right. only thinking about selling it and making money to pay my bills. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. Like and, like the, this. and the that's what like the universe does. Too, right. right. The universe like sits there and like hundred percent and like tells you like like no, you're doing this for the wrong reasons. That's why we're gonna break this piece now. Yeah. And and then, and then you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh damn! Like I just yeah. got smacked down. And that's the thing is like I've always followed that 
you know, I, again, like my biggest, like I was saying, my advice earlier, my big hack was like to listen to yourself. Yeah. And it's all about like anything that gives you positive emotion, you know, where you're like, oh yeah, this is like, you feel it, right? You, this is, it's not a logical thing. It's not something you can even explain with words. It's completely a feeling. And it's like, it's like, that's like, I think so many people don't understand. We, we all have a superpower as humans, which is that we have emotion. Right. And like, look, yeah. like, you've got robots that can do like, that are going to be able to do surgery in a few years, like, yeah, yeah. like completely autonomously. And like, you've got, you know, you're going to have robots that can make an RBR or like yeah, do right. blizzard tech in a few years. And like, and like, so what is the left for us to do? Well, we're, we have emotion exactly, and we're, and emotion like can breed creativity and it can, it can do all these great things. It can also do plenty of bad things. So oh, yeah, it's, you, know, sure. you have to keep it in check. But I think listening to positive emotion when you feel good about doing something and you're like oh i love this technique or like oh i'm doing like tiny little sculptures out of glass and like that's like making me feel like i'm expressing myself and i'm sharing my vibe with the world then keep doing that and if you want to put together a crazy huge bong and like you're all about the engineering and the function of it yeah. and that kind of stuff do that and if you want to make cool images because you're really into like anime and manga or whatever and like all this shit and yeah, like want to like do those characters and like pay homage to that do that and and you know i'm i've always been like a little weird with like themed work like disney stuff and anime stuff and like all that stuff because i'm always like that's not like my intellectual property mm -hmm. but i do think it's a big feat to be able to interpret that into glass oh yeah dude. you know it so is. i really have a lot of respect for all the people like still like punny yeah. and uh cushy who like do like uh, like all that type of character work and like uh, you know yeah. there's a lot of people who do that type of work and like you know they're interpreting it and that's that's another way to engage with the medium and like again it's like don't think don't worry about how you engage with the industry engage with the medium and then people will see what you can do with the medium and then the industry will take notice and that like happens naturally. That's what I tell you. If people you see know? you having fun and enjoying your work, then they're going to gravitate towards you. The right people yeah. will. Yes. You don't exactly. want to like build this like artificial infrastructure with people that like you have to have an act to keep them buying your stuff. Oh yeah. Like, that's the you worst. Want, you, want you have be to be to, something you're not. Yeah. You, know? you, you really yeah. want to just be yourself and make sure the right people gravitate towards you that, yeah. that are about that. Yeah, exactly. Now and, do you think, yeah. uh, cause like we're almost done here, but real quick, do you think um, talking about emotions, do you think that's something that only mortal beings would have? Or do you think immortals would have emotions too? Because oh, I, I, I think, think, I think yeah. emotions would be irrational for an immortal to have. Cause I think emotions are like only, for mortal beings. That's a really interesting question. I think, I think, um, I, th I feel like if, I mean, it's a very like hypothetical. Evolutionary, why would they need kind of emotions thing. if they were immortal? Well, because I think it helps still direct behavior, right? And like, and like, so like, you're still gonna behave a certain way as an immortal being, you know? And you're gonna like. Wouldn't you just work for the hive though? Like almost like an ant at that point because it's a rational being because we live forever. So now we don't need to fight over anything how do we get farther as a species well because survival isn't just about staying alive True. it's about staying True. like interested and staying like engaged and like but that could be a side effect of emotions over the moral being I it could be it could be but I, I feel like you know i feel like survival has become so like like how, how would an immortal being like really be able i don't think just by being immortal they'd be able to like divorce themselves from the survival instinct because it's like what what would drive beings to uh, mortal beings to then like use technology to make themselves immortal you still have the preserved survival instinct well that's a paradox you know? if you were immortal then you'd actually look at everything and just go i'm just gonna sit still yeah there's no reason to right. eat anything to engage with anything yeah. but then but then it might be that like well maybe like you have an even higher responsibility when you're immortal because like you have to carry on all these things that like maybe exactly. maybe you coexist with mortal beings For and sure. those mortal beings uh because they can't carry on like a technique or the knowledge of something i mean you know it's crazy like reading about like all like this this latest hobby i've been into with mineral collecting like reading about all the history of it i'm like who carries this on exactly who, right who's going to be the people who like let people know that like this was a huge mine people like you to, that are quite asking who's going to do this yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like people works, who are dude. historians about yeah. this stuff and who who get interested and nerd out on it and but I, I just think it's interesting because it's like that's how stuff dies it's like yeah. people carry it on and i think whether you're mortal or immortal you know like you can be immortal with nothing to do and i feel like that I don't know, I think that would kind of suck. Like, See, so like, I think what you're back to what you're talking about, like human like superpowers or whatever, like that kind of stuff. And yeah. like, I think our superpower and or our human technology way beyond any of our intelligence 
is our ability to manipulate ourselves to do something that's impossible. Yes. In our yes. Mind. It's trans. It, it's so, basically what you're talking about is you're saying our ability to transform. Yeah, but we use yeah. our emotions and our consciousness to do that. We go we, even though we know that like walking like on that hot skill it's going to burn our feet, but we have to get across it to like save someone or to yeah. or like put out the fire right. or whatever. And and you don't know well, if you could do that. Could do it, but you to convince yourself but, to do it. Yeah, and then you do it, and then you're an different animal, on the like, other side. When you see animals in nature, yeah. and you'll see like a lion run up and grab like a baby zebra and all the zebras run away yeah it's like a human would turn around and go after that fucking lion yeah be like that's my kid. Like, yeah we have that's our technology is that we will run at danger yeah even though we know that we're we're temporary we're limited yeah we'll yeah. risk it all yeah we so will. i think yeah. that's our true technology is being able to manipulate ourselves into doing the yes. impossible yeah and then um, the ability to transform and that's that, before that's, anything that's, that's why human yeah and, and that's like you're talking about basically how human potential goes way beyond like all the basic things we're capable of like just as biological exactly. beings right like yeah. that, that human and you can see that with our technology because like our technology has leveraged us has leveraged you know a single individual to be able to do like so much more and be so much more productive yeah. than any individual who's ever existed and so it's like pretty it's pretty crazy when you think about it and how like that does transform people into Kind of larger than life figures yeah. a lot of times especially like with social media and stuff it, it like it, it transforms us sometimes in ways we don't even want yeah right you know and and so like we have to actually be really careful and respect that process of transformation and um and that but that you know what you're talking about is like this very deep deep narrative it's a very deep story which is the idea that like you go to an unknown place and you 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 like you battle it out there and then you pull something of value out of that whole struggle and out of that place itself. And then you share that with your community and you share that value with your community. And, and that makes you go, you go Valuable from being like naive yeah. to being wise. Exactly. And that's like the process of going from naive to going to be wise is like having a struggle, having something to fight for and having a stake in this world and like, and, and going and the, the main thing being going into an unknown place. So like exactly. when I experiment on the torch, yeah. a lot of times, especially like when I, when I developed this tech, when I developed this tech, like I went into an unknown place and I pulled those techs out of, yes. that, of that whole process. And in, in that struggle, when I was in that place where I was like, I don't know if this is going to stick right. Or like, I don't know if like when I stick this clear blob on it, it's going to really like spread it the weird way or whatever. And I had to figure that all out and I had to do it to figure it out. And it was a whole, battle and struggle yeah you know and it's the same thing with like when you discovered the rbr mm -hmm. and i say discovered because i don't like to use the word created or like i no, mean I, I use the word everything existed it's exists not a bad already. word right exactly it <laughs> I, all I exists just already into something that was already there you just made it real yeah, you just yeah. made a thing you can hold in your hand but yeah. it existed as an idea before that absolutely and you could you, you could have this in ancient times it would be the weirdest thing because yeah. no one would know where it came from yeah and it would still work it would still exactly. like do the thing with water it'd still be true yeah yeah it would still be true yeah. but like it didn't exist then but it was waiting to be discovered and like that's like a big, like, you know, to finish this all up, I think if people want to really understand like what I'm about, like mm -hmm. it's it, like, I don't look at like the process of living or the process of like making work or anything we really do as like a, a generative, like productive process as far as like that we like whip it up, up out of nowhere, even mm -hmm. though that the human experience is that we do that. Like yeah. that's what we think we're doing. I just think we're receivers. Yeah, I think so too. I think we're we're receivers and we're, we're uh, revealers. So yeah. we reveal and we're like we're like we're like explorers, right? Yeah. We we go to places that are unknown. We explore something and we discover the value. We're windows to ideas exactly. because we're able, we're able to absorb things that people can see us manifest and like that's an idea that was out there. We were able, right. We were able to make it physical for a minute. Right, and it's time. a process of discovery. It's a yeah. process of revelation, and that's I think like it was interesting because uh, Bubbles the Busher put up a thing where he was like are we all just creating our own meaning in life and we're just like whipping it up out of nowhere? And I commented, I didn't want to get into it because like, it's like his threads are always <laughs> oh, like yeah. so crazy. You get wild. And I'm like, I got blast to blow. I got, yeah, shit, I got to shit to do. <laughs> um, so I, I just commented like, you know, meaning is not generated. It's, it's revealed. Yeah. And like, and like that, that's like, uh, that's a, like as simple a way as I could put it. Yeah. Is that like, you don't, you don't just come up with meaning mm -hmm. and it's actually, it's revealed to you. And especially like, yeah. look at how people will have kids and their life will change. And it's just like, all of a sudden they discovered they have like that much more drive to do this and that because oh, they crazy. have something to fight for. And it's like, and it reveals to them. And like, like you're saying, it's like, you didn't know 
you could hustle as hard as you did. I thought, and then, I thought it was going to go broke when my daughter got here. And you have family and shit. And then you're like, oh, I can hard hard because yeah. I got shit. I started to making more money of. when my daughter was born. I thought I was going to go broke because of the cost and everything. The opposite I like, happens. I was like, how am I going to work? Because I'm going to have to be like taking right. care of a baby. And, and, and that's a revelatory then, process. Yeah. Like You had that in you. It was already there. Yeah. It just needed to be discovered. And and, and your your baby being born yeah. was what got you there. And, and that's the big thing about what we are is like there's a truth to us. It's not all just, we don't just construct it out of nowhere. And and I think we're in a weird time in our culture where like people think that you can just kind of like create a mode of being or a way of living yeah. that is just like, this is just how I'm going to do it. I'm going to like do this and like, I'm going to have like 15 wives and I'm going to like do this and like do that. And it's like, it's like, yeah, that's going to like wear you the fuck down. And, yeah, like, yeah. and like, you're like, if you don't like listen to yourself, like you're never going to like discover right and so i think it, it is a lot of like truth calming right down yes. bringing it all down Absolutely. so that you can like listen for like where the truth is that's what we does know? for me dude it quiets everything yeah, down so totally. i can hone in and yeah. see what's important yeah holy fuck dude i could talk to you for 10 fucking hours. yeah Wait, i know we, ha for we haven't talked for 10 hours yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's the amazing one that we've gotten anywhere yeah done. yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's actually surprising it's we haven't had any more to talk about on yeah. the podcast because we talked so much prior to this podcast yeah. the last 24 hours yeah. but um thank you so much for doing this yeah man i always appreciate anyone who come out here good times yeah and dude I, yeah. I really hope we can do it again maybe if you make it out to colorado again because this oh, is dude. there's so much more to talk about i had so much fun i'm still still having so much fun yeah. and we got like, two more pieces to show you guys still yeah. too these are yeah. just the first three yeah um so. and we are um, i'm sure we will have announced how the chocolate drop is going to happen at this point um because this comes out on sunday but you guys will see that posted up on instagram i'm sure by now and uh thank you so much everybody this was a good episode Peace. i know it was this is a yeah. good one uh don't yeah. forget to give chaka a follow it's just at chaka glass right yeah yeah aka yeah yeah, okay. just chocolate glass. Yeah. Okay, chocolate glass. Um, on Instagram, uh, like his stuff. Give him a follow, please. Like, check out all these. Leave comments. Let us know what you guys think about it. Sign up for that newsletter on bmsglass.com. And uh, thank you so much. This is episode 85 of the What's Fair Buddy podcast. Shit, dude. Peace. You did it. Nice. Fuck. Thank you, dude. Yeah, dude. Dude. Good time.